Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in artificial intelligence and voice first to show everyone how these technologies are going to impact our lives both personally and within organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI, helping give brands a voice to the power of AI and voice assistant technology. This week's guest is Bradley Metrock. Bradley is the CEO of Score Publishing. He is the executive producer of Project Voice and is also the host of the very popular This Week in Voice podcast. Bradley, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you doing? Doing good, Nick. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I know we kind of in our pre-talk here was saying how excited I am to have you on the show just because, you know, as long as I've been in the voice space, I've followed everything that you're doing and I know you've hosted so many different meetups and conferences and and stuff across the country for people in the voice space. So I think this is going to be an excellent conversation and we'll be able to dive into some really cool stuff. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So the, the first question I, I always ask each one of my guests and um, everybody always kind of answers it differently, but I've noticed as I've interviewed, you know, a handful of people now, you know, whenever I ask, you know, what, how did you get started in, in the voice space or, you know, likewise, sometimes it's AI, but, you know, specifically with voice, it's like, Oh, I bought an Amazon echo, you know, back in, 2014, 15, 16, saw my kids playing with it, or my spouse was, or, you know, I got a Google Assistant or something like that. But I know when we had our initial conversation, you had a really interesting story. So I will ask you, what led you to get started in the voice space that led up to, well, what led you to get started in the voice space and how did that play into where you're currently at now with everything? Sure. So yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where one thing kind of leads to another kind of leads to another. So, um, in 2008, I started a completely unrelated business that was in the video game retail and entertainment space. And I sold it in 2013. And I couldn't do anything new. I, I had to sort of be available. So I just started learning some new skills. And one of the things that I, I learned how to do was digital publishing. And I learned uh, Apple's mm -hmm. digital software which was called iBooks author and started doing some work with that and started creating some some uh, books myself and started doing some work for clients who wanted me to you know people found out I could do that and and you know started doing that and and um, that picked up quite a bit and um, ended up having a conference for the user community of that software that grew and grew and so that that kind of um, took off in an unexpected way. And what ended up happening was a lot of the clients that we worked with, um, you know, we're very tech savvy folks and tech savvy companies. Mm -hmm. And as we went along as, you know, as we started getting into like 2016 now, years later, um, I was starting to get asked what's up with voice and then specifically what's up with Alexa. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, stop asking. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but the more i found out about it 
the more intrigued I became. And we already had this conference apparatus because we were running, um, you know, this user uh, conference for, for iBooks author. And so we decided, you know what, we're going to run a conference about Alexa. We'll, and we'll call nice. it the Alexa conference. And we didn't promote it at all. We held it on campus at Vanderbilt University. And the room was full. And we had people travel from overseas to attend. I, I thought awesome. they were joking. And um, I was like, how did you even hear about it? And, um, you know, that, uh, that was kind of profound. And, um, and then what happened was a little bit later, I had a chance to meet with Gary Vaynerchuk in sort of a, 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 a fluke. Um, sort of sort of thing gary is very good friends with a very good friend of mine no kidding and, and so um you know i had a chance to ask gary i said look you know we've done some stuff with alexa i've thought about starting a podcast but it feels like and this is april 2017 by the way yeah at this point uh thought about starting a podcast but it feels like everybody's got a podcast it feels like it's sort of played out should i just sit this one out and wait for the next thing to come along and he's like, no, stop it. You know, stop talking like that. <laughs> Typical Gary Vee fashion. Yeah, go do it uh, and do it, you know, start now. And uh, it's just the beginning of all this. And so, you know, that was, uh, I, I met with Gary in Chattanooga and uh, drove back to Nashville where I live and started Voice First FM that day. And Voice First FM now is listened to across 56 countries by hundreds of thousands of tech professionals. And, you know, as, as you noted, you know, This Week in Voice is our flagship show. Yep. And um, so, you know, and then the conferences continue to grow and sort of spring forth out of the podcast. And, you know, as it is now, you know, um, I sort of sit at this interesting place of, of knowing a lot of interesting people doing interesting work and seeing a lot of what's going on in, in the voice and AI space. And um it's just amazing how things come uh to pass you know if you just sort of keep plugging one day at a time yeah no then that that's kind of why i love your story because it it, it isn't unorthodox compared to a lot of the stories that i've heard where like i said it's always somebody like adopted the technology or you know they had that light bulb moment when they saw somebody use it but for you it was like yeah you were you were you, were, you know doing these really cool events with the publishing software and then it just kind of was like you kind of just fell into it, it almost seems like, but it worked out really well, which is why I love the story because it, it's not like that's what you were going for. It just kind of happened, which I think is really cool. But, you know, what do you think intrigued you the most about voice as you began to work with the technology more consistently? I just thought, what a novel way to use computers. And what an interesting way and what a, what a human way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with Voice First FM, um, I think it was the first episode of the Voice First Roundtable that we did, which is one of our shows, with Brian Romley as the guest. And, nice. And hearing him explain, uh, and, and this was in 2017 as well, and even, even though this, you know, that episode was in, you know, I guess summer of 2017 or whenever it was, it's still very well listened to. Um, I remember him explaining that uh, when we're born, all we have is our mother's voice. And then we go on and develop an inner voice that will guide us for the rest of our life. And consequently, it stands to reason that as technology evolves, it will arc toward being voice first. And, uh, you know, or voice driven or, or, you know, 
voice centric, whatever term you want to use. And so, you know, when I heard that, I thought, all right, you know, it, it, the light bulb sort of went off that this is not a, <clears throat> this is not a fad. This is not a gimmick. This mm-hmm. is a permanent inflection point in technology and, and really just began to, um, to work with that in mind. I see it. I just love that you remember that from Brian, because I actually only started following him on Twitter probably like a year ago. And I think it was something similar that caught me a bit off guard when he said something like that when I was first getting into the space too, that just made total sense. So I think that's cool that, you know, that was kind of one of the initial things that intrigued you too, because for me, it was really about the evolution of where technology is kind of when you start looking back at just our roots as human beings. So I, I think that's really cool. And, and between you and me, Brian is somebody I really want on my podcast as well. Because <laughs> he just seems like so out there and so cool with everything he talks about. Oh, yeah. You can, um, that's, that's doable. That's doable. The, the great thing about Brian is he's very accessible and he's, he's giving, he's generous with his time. Um, he's generous with his expertise. Um, he's a critical uh, player in the space. Yeah, absolutely. So with with kind of that in mind with what we just talked about, what do you think the most transformational thing is that voice as a technology has brought to the table so far? And maybe even not so far, but maybe something that it could bring to the table over the next couple of years, either one of those. Sure. So, you know, I I really focus on what's going on now because there's so much going on now um, as opposed to things that may come in the future. Uh, There's a lot that's going to come in the future. Uh, but there's so many interesting things going on now that just people are not aware of mm-hmm. um, because so much has happened so fast. Yep. And, um, you know, I could just go sector by sector. I think there's a lot of things I find fascinating going on in healthcare where one of the things that we've already learned is that smart speakers and voice assistants have a very interesting and important role to play combating depression and loneliness. Mm -hmm. So there's two types of people, you know, in general, as human beings in this so-called information age that we, that we live in, people get lonely, they get depressed. And that's, that's part, part of our, human existence right now um, for a number of reasons, but there's two types of people that get lonelier and more depressed than everybody else, in, uh, at least in the United States and in several other uh, geographies, senior citizens and college freshmen. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And both of those groups have something in common. They have a lot in common, uh, they're they're uh, adjusting to a new environment um, where they probably have minimal access to, or if if any access, to family members. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what has already been found in multiple studies with smart speakers and voice assistants is that um, if you insert them into the the equation with senior living facilities or college dorm rooms for freshmen, um, a a number of positive outcomes start occurring. With uh, college freshmen, uh, they're more participatory. Um, They're more engaged. 
uh, grades go up, attendance in class goes up, suicide goes down, and um, things are better. With senior citizens, um, studies that we've seen with like Echo Dots in every room in in senior living facilities, um, participation in the community goes up, prescription drug adherence goes up, um, you you know, uh, health outcomes improve and death decreases. So it's, it's super interesting uh, what we've already learned. And that's just one anecdote. So that's like, you know, just a drop in the bucket, but it's one that I find really interesting and you could go sector by sector. You could go to hospitality Mm -hmm. where a number of interesting things are going on with restaurants and hotels. You can go to banking and finance where uh, companies like Best Innovation Group have really done pioneering work um, to extend voice and AI into that space. You can go into automotive, where companies like Soundhound have blazed Mm -hmm. a trail, and and even with some of the bigger companies like Alexa with Alexa Auto, or Echo Auto, um, you know, there's, uh, up until this point, the biggest, area of usage for for voice is in the car and it's uh, google assistant and it's siri on mobile and that's shifting now that voice assistants are being built into cars like is what's going on with soundtown right or like with with the the um availability now of things like echo auto um but still there's a lot of ground to be covered and interesting things that voice can do for us in cars so you know, um, I'm I'm fascinated by the evolution of different sectors that voice is causing, and it's my opinion that you sort of have to segregate the different sectors out and be careful about sort of lumping them all together because they're all sort of moving along right. in voice evolution at different paces. Yeah, I would I would agree with that a hundred percent, and I. I love the first part where you were talking about how, you know, two different demographics that really benefit from this are college freshmen and senior citizens. I mean, I, from experience, I, I graduated from college in 2016. So I, I was a freshman, you know, not too long ago. And I remember those exact same feelings that you were talking about where I, I came to campus. It was the first time that I was away from my family, really in distance like that and, and, and no parental anybody around and it was a struggle to make friends it was a struggle to find my place and all that and if you know even looking back to 2012 when I started college if I had access to something like that that could have given me some feedback that could have given me some guidance even were to find where things were on campus just give me some general information it would have made my experience at least as a freshman I think 10 times better not saying that I didn't have a good experience as a, as a freshman in college but you know what I mean where sure. it was, it was just no go ahead Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's it's interesting just to put a a, a button on that and your experience. Uh, I find it fascinating that with both of those groups, senior citizens and college, uh, it's unclear in the commercial if it's a freshman, but it's a college student. Amazon um, has ads out there right now that address both of those groups, and it's super interesting. I I, I just love the fact that they're paying this this close of attention to what's going on to be able to do that but mm-hmm. I, you know i guess that, that makes perfect sense but you know there's an ad that they've got where um 
a college student. It, it, actually, I take it back. It is a freshman because the college student has just gone to college and the parents move them in or one of the parents and, um, you know, then it fast forwards a day or two and, and the parents are gone and the, the student is just sitting there in bed like alone and asks the Echo Dot, hey, can you play dad's playlist or something? Oh, that's... And, yeah, starts playing the music. Uh, and then there is another ad out right now. I just saw it uh, in the NFL games over the weekend where uh, a younger guy has bought an Echo device for his grandfather. Um, and it's unclear if the grandfather's in a senior living facility or living at home. Um, it doesn't make that clear. He's just in a room. Mm-hmm. Is. And um, uh, he, the, the younger guy is explaining, hey, you can do this, that, or the other with this thing. And and the younger guy leaves and the older guy is playing, you know, the grandfather's playing with yeah. it, and really, uh, gets acclimated to it. So it's, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's right in lockstep with Amazon has, Amazon's leadership is why we're here. People mm-hmm. don't like uh, different things about Amazon in the publishing world, which I deal with quite a bit. Yeah, uh, People have an ax to grind against Amazon for a number of reasons, but Uh, And that's fine. Uh, You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, The reality is that um, if Amazon did not invest the time, the resources, the energy into Alexa and and Bezos saying this is our number one priority company wide um, over the last couple of years, you know, we're not sitting here right now talking about. So it's it's um, it's an interesting time. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. No, it is. And I, I, I think that's really cool how, you know, you bring up these demographics we just talked about, but even to see that Amazon must believe the same thing if they're making targeted advertisements towards that. And if, you know, the advertisement of the the kid sitting alone in his college dorm room and then listening to dad's playlist on, I mean, that pulls at the heartstrings. That is like, that is, you know, my, my background's marketing communication. So I'll just say it, that's beautiful advertising. Like that really shows a use case that really helps solve a problem. And and makes life better for somebody. And I think that's just fantastic. And I, I agree with you completely as much flack as people do tend to give Amazon, it seems like these days, if it wasn't for everything that they've been doing, we would not be where we're at with any scope of the technology. And, you know, you could say Siri first came to market in 2011. Yeah, but we all know how that went. And of course, you know, Google, but Google kind of hopped on the train if they saw how things were working really well with Amazon and I'm sure even more so from, from Siri and different stuff too. But I, I agree with you completely. I think Amazon has been the key, the key to the castle here, if you will, of voice for, for a lot of what, what we all do in the space for sure. So let's kind of switch gears a bit now. And why don't you talk a bit about project voice and what you're hoping to accomplish with this event coming up here in the next couple of months? Sure. So um, you know, as a continuation of the previous story, so we ran the Alexa conference for, for multiple years and it grew and grew and was successful, but it was time for that event to have a metamorphosis. And it was time for that event to become a much broader brush, you know, a truly comprehensive voice and AI event. And that is what Project Voice is. So Project Voice takes place January 13th through the 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, Most people don't realize I've lived in Nashville, Tennessee for 20 years, and people here even have no clue. (laughs) Chattanooga has the fastest internet in the United States. It does? It it does. And uh, in addition to being a um, 
beautiful place. It's a surprisingly uh, burgeoning, it has, it has a surprisingly burgeoning tech scene uh, all its own there. And uh, that is where the Alexa conference took place over the last few years. And that's where Project Voice will be located as well. Um, you know, we're expecting 3,000 plus people across 15 wow. countries. It's going to be, it's going to be large. It's going to be significant. So the purpose of Project Voice is that companies in America and elsewhere are looking at each other and they're all saying the same things. They're seeing the Echo Dot, you know, Echo devices uh, and the ubiquity of those now um, everywhere. They're mm -hmm. seeing people using Google Assistant and Siri on their phones. You're seeing the rise of conversational interfaces in every which way, chatbots and everything else. And they're saying to themselves, we're missing the boat. Yep. What, what is it that we need to be doing? Who do we need to be doing it with? Who do we need to be partnering with? And in what sequence? In other words, what's our roadmap? And that's what, that's what companies are going to come to Project Voice to find out. So we've set project voice up and the website is projectvoice.ai by the way uh, for folks listening um we've set up project voice to where you know the first day is just pre-conference workshops um there's some heavy hitters on there um you know like google and amazon and intel and and so on the first proper day of the conference is tuesday january the 14th and it's all about amazon it's all about alexa and the amazon ecosystem then the next day is all about google assistant and the google ecosystem and then the day after that is all about voice in general and the overall landscape. Nice. I like that setup. And the purpose of that is to juxtapose these major ecosystems and players side by side so people can understand the relative pros and cons of, of all of it. And running across all, you know, all three days is what we call the Voice World Fair. And that's where the products and services and ecosystems and tools uh, that are pushing the space forward will be on display. There will be a large podcast alley, um, which you are invited to be part of. <laughs> Thank you. We'll <laughs> we'll provide it. Uh, we do that as a community service, not just to podcasts that are part of Voice First FM, but ones that have reached a certain certain level like yours. So if you want to be part of it, you're welcome to. But um, you know, there's such enthusiasm around Voice, and there's such optimism. And everybody understands what's going on. So really, the emphasis has shifted to an event that can provide the good, the bad, and the ugly. So nobody wants rainbows and unicorns all the time with this stuff. People want right. to know what's the truth. Mm -hmm. what, what's, the, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly about all this stuff um, so that people can... Um, leverage those best practices in their own companies and their own organizations. And um, one of the things that we do with, we've done it with the Alexa conference the last couple of years and we're doing it with project voice. We have something called the contrarian speaker. So amidst all of these people talking about all these things they've done with voice in general, and these different ecosystems, we've got Susan Hura and Philip Hunter two, you know, uh, long time voice leaders, uh, probably, a combined 50 or 60 years of experience between the two of them wow. um, who are going to give a joint talk called why voice technology sucks. Yes. Yes. I love it. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. 
and uh, that's it's a high it's a high profile talk. Uh, I believe it's on Thursday on the General Voice Day, and uh, there's other stuff that will be sort of like that, sort of mixed in the program. And it's important to have that because it's important yes. for this to have sort of a balanced look at things and because that's where the value is going to come from for the attendee. So, you know, that's what Project Voice is. It's, it's um, we are billing it as the number one event for voice tech and AI in America coming the week after CES. And it's going to be a big deal and, and we're excited about it. No, th- this sounds incredible. I love I love that you are having a talk solely just kind of against the grain of what we're all doing because that discourse needs to happen, right? Like, you know, the bubble that I I feel like a a lot of people and myself included sometimes, we just get so caught up in everything that we're doing. We just think like, oh, there can be nothing wrong with this. Nobody's thinking negatively. You need that. You need somebody to come and be like, okay, well, this is why it may not actually work. And this is why, you know, this problem exists and all that. So I love that you have just a sole talk dedicated just to that. It's, uh, and, and, and these two folks are, you know, uh, both, I believe both worked for Amazon at some point. Uh, Philip Hunter's worked for um, a number of high profile folks as Susan has too. I mean, they're both, you know, fully capable of delivering, uh, you know, fire and brimstone. And that's probably exactly what they're going to do. Well, I think it's needed. I think we're at that point now where, yeah, we all know the technology is progressing and we know that consumers are adopting smart speakers. We we know all this, but, you know, I think the big elephant in the room is, okay, all of this, but there still isn't, you know, that much in terms of widespread business investment in this yet or so it seems like with, with just a lot of it. So I think a lot of these questions need to be raised and we need to have some discourse on it. And I think that's fantastic that you're getting two very experienced folks to kind of, you know, pull that apart and dive into it with people. Well, we've got some other ones too. On the Alexa day, we've got a woman coming uh, who will give a contrarian talk specific to Alexa uh, in which she explains, you know, she's got this, um, I guess what I would call a uh, PR campaign where she is going around talking to people, anyone who will listen, about how the fact that Amazon named Alexa, Alexa, ruined her daughter Alexa's life. Oh, that's fascinating. And um, yeah, she, I think her website is called something like alexaishuman.com. Wow. Like that. So, um, you know, with the Alexa conference the last couple of years, two years ago, we had uh, one of the head of attorneys from the Federal Trade Commission come out and talk about how Alexa is not even remotely close to private and, and secure enough for most people to be using. Then last year, our last year of doing it before it, be, before it became Project Voice, we had one of the folks from the Boston-based nonprofit campaign for a commercial-free childhood mm-hmm. come out and say basically, no children should be using an Echo Dot Kids, period. So, you know, there's a proud tradition here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and by the way, these talks were given with Amazon in the room um, and they're just sitting there. <laughs> and it's a pretty, <laughs> thing. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it, you're right. It's the way it needs to be. It's the way it has to be for, um, for, for growth to continue. And uh, we're looking forward to providing that. Yeah, you're, you're 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 selling me a hundred percent. I feel like I have to hop on Delta's website and book my ticket to Chattanooga right now. <laughs> That's not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> awesome. So I, you know, I guess as as you know, we've divin- we've dove into kind of what you view the technology as, where it's going, and 
of course, talking about Project Voice. One of the things that seems to be really prevalent in the industry right now, I see a lot of discussion on is what is the future of smart speakers? And I kind of have this personal running theory now where we've seen such a, a huge increase in the number of smart speakers that have been sold, right? And I, I would almost have a mind to think that, you know, when Apple launched Siri in 2011, it was smartphone based. And then, of course, Amazon comes into the picture in 2014 with their voice assistant and Google shortly after. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think if they would have put that in a smartphone, if it would have taken off for each of them as it has now, you know, if, with the, if they would have if they would not have put it on a smart speaker, it would have been on a smartphone if it would have taken off as much as it has. So to make that differentiator between kind of the bad taste left in everyone's mouth from, from Siri to that point. So as now we've kind of, you know, we're progressing into the next decade into 2020, what do you kind of think the future of the smart speaker is for voice as a whole? Do you think it's going to stay with the smart speaker? Do you think it's going to expand beyond that and maybe leverage smartphone technology a bit more again, or, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great question. And, you know, I, I've got two, two specific thoughts. I think, no matter what direction you go in, I think there's a couple of different sort of forks in the road that that all lead to the same place. And the, that place is that smart speakers will cease to exist. Yeah. So we're going to look back on smart, smart speakers um, in probably a, a not too distant future, I would say in the next two to three years. Um, you know, which is sooner than most people would think. Most people would probably say five to 10 years. Yeah. I, sooner because the voice assistant and the AI functionality will begin to be embedded in everything else. Yep. So the reason, you know, the the need um, to have a separate speaker lording over (laughs) your room or your kitchen or your bathroom, people are going to look at that and say, what the hell? Like, (laughs) you know, yes. like, um, you know, like like people look at you know uh, uh, a landline phone um, or something like that, or you know, or I was going to uh, say DVD players, even Blu-ray players at this point. Uh, yeah, or I could go back. I mean, uh, you know, VHS. Uh, yeah, or, or like how my parents talk about like a party line. I don't even know if yeah. you know what it is, but so it's like um, it'll be looked at as like it, this sort of. Um, fleeting instant in time, this sort of snapshot, because um, the voice assistant never really belonged in a speaker that's like a dedicated speaker. It belonged in everything else, and it'll it'll get there. The other the other thing I can I feel pretty safe in saying about the future of you know smart speakers and voice in general is just um, Amazon. And I, I mentioned them specifically, although this will apply to not just them, but Google and then Samsung, which is now getting going with Bixby and, and ultimately Apple as well, and anybody else in the space is there's going to be innovations on how these companies communicate all the different functions that the voice assistant can provide. So talking about Amazon specifically, Amazon has invested incredible time, resources, money into the development of a legion of Alexa skills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we've got over 100,000 Alexa skills now. Oh, yeah. Um, And 
And yet, if you look at the data, a good solid 70% of people who use Alexa-enabled devices only do so for weather and music. Yep. And that's why I've got a book coming out about this called More Than Just Weather yes, and Music. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. That, uh, that, that drops in about a month. And um, ultimately, these companies are going to have so much on the line to where they're going to figure out better and better ways more proactive ways, more context-driven ways to get this information of, hey, these games exist. Hey, these companies have a presence on here and you can interact with them on here. Uh, you know, it's all of this different smart home functionality, all these different things that you can do with, with your voice assistant that really people had no clue uh, and they really hadn't thought about it. Um, that's going to be the other thing that you see over the next you know, sooner, probably 12, yeah. 18 months is some innovations that lead to um, more surface area of the use of a normal user with Alexa and Google Assistant and these other ones. Right now, the surface area is small. They only do a couple of things. Mm -hmm. That surface area is going to expand because it needs to. And these companies are so, you know, very, very motivated to make that happen. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and kind of, you know, a bit of an extension off that, where do you think Microsoft stands in all this? Because I feel like, you know, they, I, I, I talk with, I have quite a few friends at Microsoft and I know I interviewed uh, Noella Charide on, on the Artificial Podcast too. And she talked a bit about what was going on with Cortana. But um, I know you mentioned, of course, Amazon and Alexa a lot. And, and we know Google and, and Samsung. But where do you think Microsoft stands in all this if you had to make a prediction? Yeah, I mean, Microsoft is in this weird place. So they did something very unorthodox, and they partnered Cortana with Alexa. Yep, I remember that. So Cortana and Alexa have this, you know, this interesting relationship where, so, it, so it's told, you can access Alexa skills through Cortana, or at least some of them, and, and you can access stuff on Cortana through Alexa. And no one's quite exactly sure how that works. <laughs> that, that was announced about a year, a year and a half ago. We covered it on This Week in Voice. They announced that they were going to do it, and people were like, come again? Yeah. What? I was pretty shocked by it, too. I remember when they made that announcement. I was like, really? Yeah, and then they, and then it was more recent, probably six to nine months ago, where they actually actually like implemented it, and people really still don't know what the implications are for that. But then Microsoft even has gone a step further, and they've implemented Alexa into the Xbox, um, and so you can interact with your Xbox, which is a major piece of Microsoft strategy yep. technology, with Alexa. Uh, I believe Alexa is integrated into Windows 10. And so Microsoft has got this whole, you know, throwing our hands up saying, hey, we don't care. Uh, we're, we're just going to do whatever we think is best for the user. And time will tell if that's, that's ultimately the best approach. Uh, because what it appears to be doing is watering down and weakening Cortana's positioning. Yeah. Because what was intended to happen when they did all this was Cortana was going to dominate the enterprise. Mm -hmm. Cortana, um, that was the verbiage coming out of these press releases with this Cortana Alexa thing is that, you know, they're going to partner with Alexa because Alexa's got all this consumer functionality. 
and they're going to Microsoft's going to focus Cortana on the enterprise. Well, what happened? Uh, Alexa is so dominant that Alexa for business is dominating the enterprise as yeah. well as uh, there's a movement toward um, independent voice assistants for data security and privacy oriented. Mm -hmm. So um, either companies are moving away from big voice assistants in general, which means Cortana is ignored, or they're embracing Alexa, which means Cortana is ignored. Yeah. Either way, um, it appears from my standpoint that Cortana is sort of sitting off in the corner, um, not really being utilized and with Microsoft not being 100% sure what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, that aside, Everything that Microsoft's doing with AI, their whole Microsoft AI oh, yeah. uh, toolkit and like Azure and stuff like that, um, they're going to continue to have chances to make up for it. It'll just depend on what it is they want to be doing. Yeah, because I've been wondering that for quite a while too, because I was kind of convinced that, you know, maybe Cortana, once if, if they're working on something under the hood that we just don't know about or if that really could become the sole enterprise voice assistant, because I have a, a couple of friends who work at the Redmond campus and they're doing this huge overhaul of the campus right now. And Cortana is going to kind of be like the thing in the walls that helps people schedule meetings. And like when you walk into a conference room that you've reserved, like Cortana will like welcome you in there and announce like who's in the meeting and all this stuff. So I was kind of thinking to myself, well, if they're doing that in their own campus. Then why couldn't they expand that? beyond the greater scope of enterprise. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but they've really been kind of quiet on, on so many different things, which is either a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out together because I think that they, they've made some errors, but it's not anything insurmountable. I agree completely. So, well, awesome. And, and as we kind of wrap things up here, I, I always leave with this question as well. So, if you had to choose one thing, what is one thing that someone can do today to begin leveraging either AI or I guess more specifically in our conversation, voice technology, either personally or within their organization? Yeah, I mean, what I tell people, and I, I conclude a lot of my talks by talking about this, I think, you know, I'll, I'll take the corporate slant on this. Companies have no excuse not to know what the major voice assistants, Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri, Cortana, and Bixby say and how they respond when they're asked questions about your company, your brand, your IP. So, you know, I talk to a lot of publishers about this. That seems to be the most common conversation that I have. You know, um, if your book is uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama, how can you possibly work without asking these major voice assistants, what happens when I say Becoming by Michelle Obama? I want to read Becoming by Michelle Obama. I want to buy Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to Becoming by Michelle Obama. How can you function without knowing what these voice assistants, which are millions and millions and millions and millions of them out there, what they're saying when people are asking about your products and services. Right. Uh, you know, the first step, there's a lot of things you can do to sort of stick your, stick your toes in the water uh, and start to experiment and, and learn. But it starts with auditing what's going on right now. 
and somebody in every company um, should have the responsibility. It, it probably ought to be somebody with a marketing sort of designation, but it could be anybody right. um, auditing these voice assistants for what it is they're saying and not saying about your company and your IP. Um, because everything you do with voice and AI will spring forth from the inadequacies that you're going to find exist. Yeah, I, I think that is fantastic advice. And I've been saying for quite some time that this is a huge opportunity to be able to finally literally give your brand a voice and answer branded related questions so easily and simply in somebody's living room. And if you don't know how people are asking about this, I mean, the technology is just sitting here and it's ripe for the taking. And I've, I've said for a while too, marketers, I think, are going to be the main decision makers in a lot of this in many, many, many organizations. And especially um, with my background, I know, you know if I was on the corporate side of things and I was looking for something to invest in that could help us grow and extend our brand reach, this is something that I personally would be looking at. So I think you're right on the money that that, that is what needs to be the target for somebody in an organization right now. Yeah, and it's easy to do. I mean, it's not rocket science. It just involves you asking questions. And um, so, yeah, that's a great that's a great place to start. It's where I recommend starting. Awesome. Well, Bradley, it's been absolutely fantastic. And if anybody wanted to reach out to you or contact you, what are some of the best ways for them to do that? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter uh, at bmetrock, B-M-E-T-R-O-C-K, um, or hit me up on LinkedIn, Bradley Metrock on there. I'd love to hear from you and hear, learn more about what you're doing. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and, and insight and talking about Project Voice on, on this week's episode. I really love chatting with you and I, I can't wait to keep in touch. Nick, thank you for having me. Uh, privileged to be on your show. Appreciate you setting this time aside as well. Fantastic. We'll chat soon. Yep. Artificial intelligence, voice recognition, machine learning. Robot. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time.